Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Blessings and good evening to all of you in cyberspace, blog talk land, wherever you may be. I am thankful and praising God for one more time to and a chance to come and, and to share with you this evening. We have a, an incredible guest for you to meet on tonight. He is a minister at the New Bethany Family Worship Center for All Nations, and I tell you, you are in for a treat tonight. So without further ado, we're going to welcome to the show Minister Joseph DeCoyle. How are you? I'm doing fine, Elder Colette. How are you doing? I am awesome. I am awesome on tonight. I'm thanking and praising God for for a chance to introduce you to our audience because you have such a a profound um, aura or presence of the Lord that, that you possess. So I'm excited. I'm excited on tonight. I would like for you just to kind of give our, our listeners a little backdrop of what brought you to the Lord and, and just some of your testimony so that they can get to know you. Well, my testimony is like this. I, you know, I came to Jesus over 36 years ago, and I was living a very foul life. I was on drugs and alcohol and doing everything wrong on the sun. As Pastor Paul said, so was some of us in, in many years. And thankful to God, I I had some tragedies to happen, but God was able to bring me through all my situations. And, you know, December 20, 1979, I was in a bad car accident. where I broke my neck and both my knees. I was out for seven months, and my best friend was killed. But I realized mm-hmm. then God had a calling upon my life. And because of that time period, I realized while I was in the hospital that he left me here for something, and he saved me out of all of my situations, and he saved me and heard me out of all my troubles. I'm so grateful and thankful to him for that. Amen, amen. So you had a near-death experience that just kind of opened up your eyes to the need for, for the Lord? Yes, and, you know, many times in life, we I was one of those type of people that were hard-headed or headed-minded, and uh, he got my attention. Amen. That, that'll do it, won't it? <laughs> yes, that, yes. Okay, indeed. so if I, don't, if I don't wake up, if I don't get up from this bed, where will I spend eternity? That will kind of do it for most yes. people, for most people. Yeah. Amen. So um, you have a family. Give us um, a little insight into who you are outside of the ministry. Yes, I have a wife I've been married to for nine years and four children and nine grandchildren. And, uh, wow. you know, I I had been married before my first wife passed in 2005. I was married to her for 33 years. But wow. uh, God has brought me, or God has gave me a queen and gave me a better queen. God is able. That's all I know. Amen. He is. He is. Let me let me ask you a question, though. I just kind of need to touch on this because so often, um, because you said you've walked with the Lord for so long, and then to have the tragedy of, um, of losing your spouse, was there ever a time where you questioned God's um, sovereignty, so to speak. Not not that he's not a sovereign God, but that he would allow such a, a situation to happen in your life. You know, he kind of prepared me for that. And I, now, you know, you try to uh, not look at the situation. And uh, my wife had been sick for a while, but I still didn't believe that the time was coming. So it just hit me like all of a sudden, and I saw her take a last breath. But the day breath, but the day before, she asked me to take her soup home. I said, "Why well, I need to take them home? When you get ready to come home, I'll take them home." But she knew that it was going to be mm-hmm. her last. She knew her time was coming for it. And I tell you, Elder Collette, I was one of the coldest days in my life because I wasn't able to. 
and being married so long to someone, 33 years plus five years through mm-hmm. school and stuff, 38 years, that's all I knew was her, you know. But I was thankful mm-hmm. that he, the Lord gave me the strength to go through the situation. And I I basically thanked him because I, I my whole world had stopped. But he gave me the strength. I was able to go that Sunday and preach and everything. But it was only because of his right. mercy and his grace that I was able to do that. I could not do it by myself because every time I would look at pictures, I would just cry, 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 cry. But he let mm-hmm. all of that get out of me so he could use me for his glory, and I thank him for it. Amen. Can we talk a little bit about that transition period? Um once your 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 first wife had passed, and as a, a single man, even you know going through the transition of mourning, um, and being prepared for your new queen who God had for you, how? And, and I'm asking you this because there are people um, that struggle with with that in between time. They they struggle first and foremost with. Um, as you said, being with somebody for so long and all of a sudden that person is gone and a lot of times they shut down emotionally. How did you handle the transition to get to the place where God could present you with someone else? Well, basically, I had made up in my mind that I was going to stay single because that's just the way it was because I didn't know I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in the dating field anymore. I just I, I made my mind I was gonna stay single, but during the processes I was being, you know, going through the morning, people were coming up to me. You know how people can say some of the most awful things. You need to get over it. Yeah, You're not can. over that yet, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I was more. Then I also had women. I was at working at the hospital, and they would come to me and they heard how I taken care of my wife. And one of the nurses came to me one day and said, "Well, the Lord told me." that you're going to be my husband. I said, the Lord didn't tell me anything. <laughs> just like that, you know. I said, the Lord ain't told me nothing. And just okay. went on and on. So, I, you know, and then I started praying to God. I said, God, well, if it's your will, so shall it be. But my wife, I had met her like 20 years ago at you know, at a church function, and I saw her at a function again at a church, and and saw her, hadn't seen her a long time, and then she told me she had, uh, she wasn't with her husband anymore. And so I just started talking to her. We going to different church functions, and I told my best friend one day, I said, if I was able to get married again, I think this one would be the one. So on December the 20th, uh, uh, 2006, on her birthday, December the 22nd, I uh, took her out to Landry's, and I proposed to her. On her birthday, hmm. and she and oh, she accepted. <laughs> and she accepted. Amen. I say, Amen. I, well, I you definitely like have a jewel. I didn't have the pleasure of meeting your first wife, but I have met your your current wife, and she is a sweetheart. Yeah. So that is yeah. good. You know, um, I think so often we get so caught up in what we're missing that we cannot prepare ourselves for what God has for us. And I think that that is vital, you know, that is vital. One thing about our God is he's a loving father. He is just, you know, and, and though we don't always understand his actions, we have to always keep in mind that he doesn't do things to purposely hurt us. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. He knows that we're going to walk through some things. We're going to we're going to walk through some pain, and we may not even understand the pain we're walking through at that time. But if we allow him and put our heart in his hands, he will walk us through, get us to the other side of our pain. So I, I thank yeah. God for for you allowing that. You know, because as you said, um, you felt that you would never get married. I remember when um, my son-in-law was was killed and my daughter was just, you know, I'm never getting married again and whatever, whatever, because that was, you know, the love of her life and and what have you. And I remember telling her, baby girl, you're still young. You know, don't shut yourself off like that, you know. I mean, I'm not saying go out and just, you know, run the streets, but don't shut your heart off like that, you know. Um, and now it's been quite a few years later, it's been 16 years later, and now she desires a husband. She understands that, you know, um, I believe that there is someone out there 
that I can love again, you know, yes. that I can love again. And I think that's the first step in getting to getting to that place. So what is God using you for in this hour? Tell me about your ministry in this hour. Well, I've been doing a prison ministry in Texas and Louisiana for over 20 years now. And it's, mm-hmm. it's been a blessing. I just came back from Angola on October the you know, uh, 19th or 20th and I mean, September the 19th, 20th, and 21st. And the Lord mm-hmm. blessed us with, uh, on that first on that first night morning, he blessed us with seven baptisms. And then the next day, wow. he blessed us with six. And then on the last day, he blessed us with four. And this was at three different camps in Angola, which is a, you know, one of the biggest prisons in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, God mm-hmm. just showed up and showed out. And, you know, he just started doing it. And also, I go to a prison in Dayton, Texas, called High Tower, and we still go in there, you know, every 60 to 90 days. And also a halfway house. And just keep corresponding and praying with the guys that are, that are there that are, that are still helping me, keeping the work going. And so God just has been doing an outstanding job. But these men have blessed my heart. So many of them have, have so much talent, but they just only made mistakes. And many of us have mm-hmm. made mistakes, and we're not in jail. And should have been mm-hmm. in jail, but God, you know, through God's mm-hmm. favor, we've been blessed through that. But it's just been a blessing to see how powerful God has worked in the prison system. Now, how did you get involved in prison ministry? I met this guy. His name was Ron Bible, just like the word Bible, from Channel View, wow. Texas. And he told me that mm-hmm. he was going into the prison. Would I like to just go and visit with him because he heard I've been preaching? So I said, I'll go with him. And the first day I went into prison with him, they told me that if they'd have a ride, they're not responsible for me. And I listened at that and I said, I have to trust in the Lord, as the scriptures say. And now it's been mm-hmm. 20 years. I've been there ever since. Wow. 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 Look at that. How did you um, assess your, your call to the ministry? There are so many people out there, and um, they feel that there's a tugging within them. They feel that they've been called to the ministry, but they're just a little unsure, and, you know, they're second-guessing themselves as well as God. How did you um, accept your call? How did you recognize that it was truly a call from God? And then how did you go forth in accepting what he was doing in your life? Well, there are so many different arenas that happened, but God did the supernatural thing. I was a type of person, I wouldn't take what anybody would say. I, I would investigate. So I would mm-hmm. investigate the word of God. I would invest people and I had a great aunt told me one day that I was just in Louisiana that, boy, you're going to be a preacher. And I'm saying to myself, Mother, I like to dance and party and have a good time. I don't think so. <laughs> and she told me that a long time ago, a long time ago, you know. And so then after that, you know, after different things happen, when I think about when you start feeding on the Word of God, when you found something that's been a blessing to you that you never had before, when I found out that the Lord loved me in spite of all the things that I have done, I knew that there must be a God. And I never thought I was worthy enough to accept Christ because I didn't like Christians. I didn't like holy people because they would tell me how blessed they were, and I said, I'm blessed too, but I didn't have them in my life. I had all kind of material things, but I didn't know Jesus. As I searched the scriptures, the scriptures convicted me and services I'll go to, I, I should have obeyed. I would sit there. I'm going to wait till the next time. On this, on um, March the 80th, I mean, March the 30th, 1980, was when I obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've never looked back since. Did you ever, time, um, he did. let your aunt know that, that was she alive when you accepted your call? Yes, and she had and she had me to preach at a church and everything, and my son, who's thirty seven years old now, was eight years old, and when I did the invitation, he came forth with tears in his oh eyes. That was wow. nothing but God. I'm preaching just wow. a grown up, and my child came forth at eight years old. That's amazing. You know, we never we that that is a powerful testimony in itself because we never know who that word is for. 
you know. Yes. We can look around and and sometimes, you know, you see faces staring back at you and, and as our pastor would say, you know, oh, yeah, just try and move me, you know, just try. Right. Um, but you never know who the word is for, you know, and, and yeah. it's it's that one that you would never think is listening. It is penetrating yeah. their heart and their spirit. God has such a phenomenal way of reaching us right where we are. And when we're being yeah. used of him, a lot of times we don't even understand it. So that, that's an incredible testimony. Wow, wow, yes, wow, indeed. wow. And so is your wife in ministry with you? Yes, yes. When we were in Texas and stuff, she was with me all the time. I know right now because of her work schedule, she's, she's not. But uh, when I go back, when I go, she can go with me at the halfway house. And uh, but she can't go with me in the high tower prison dating and the one that didn't go because she has to be on the list and, and go through the same process that I went through. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she's so supportive. Yeah. She's been my she's been my knight in shining armor. I tell you. What's that? What's that? That's incredible. Well, I um I don't want to prolong the time. I um I really want to just open up the floor. I just feel a um a pull in my spirit. That you know, just to open up the floor to you and uh, allow you to just share what the word um, God has given you for tonight. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, we go to the word of God in Romans, the 13th chapter, and then verses 12. It said, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness, not in strife and envy. And just from that text there, I just know we have to put on Christ. I just want to say mm-hmm. five letters. And the topic I like to use is let us. Let us. And that scripture say, let us walk properly. And you know the word teaches us we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Many of us are talking, but we're not doing anything. God wants our walks to line up with our, our, our way of serving God. Many people are walking in the wrong direction. And so many people, when I talk about let us and let the church, we always blame everything when it's not done on the pastor. We blame it on the elders or the deacons. But Apostle Paul said we are all workers together. The Word of God teaches us in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter verse 20 and verse 27, that we many members but one body. Hmm. Let us walk properly. Reverly means lively, drinking large amounts of alcohol. And to tell lewdness means to be ignorant or unlearned. And, and strife is no being bitter sometimes or violent. But we're to walk properly. properly. We're to be sober and work according to God's will. So many times in our life, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm sure not the person that I used to be. Let us walk according to God's word. It's so important. Romans 10 and 17, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I just want you all to just key in on let us. In Romans, the 14th chapter and the verses number 19, we're talking about the law of love. It says, therefore, this is the King James Version, therefore, let us, then I go to let us again. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. To pursue something is to chase after or to follow, you know. And also to edify is, is providing moral or intellectual instruction. Therefore, let us pursue, follow after the things that make for peace. Let us, as the body of Christ, 
We are all responsible. The word of God tells in Luke, the 17th chapter, verse 21, that the kingdom of God is in you. It's in us. So let us pursue the things that they have so that the Lord directs your path. You know, the word tells us in Psalms 37 and 4, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you, the, you know, he will direct your path. He will, he will do everything that you need. If your ways please him, he's going to direct your path. Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, verse 23, says, O Lord, I know the way of a man. It's not in man to walk and direct his steps. Let the Lord direct your steps. Let us work together according to the scripture. Let's do the will of the Father. In Romans, the 15th chapter, and the verses 1 through 3 says, When then who are strong ought to bear with scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. You know, so many times, you know, we uh, scruples talk about, you know, a feeling of doubt, a hesitation with God to morality. Let us that are strong not cut down one another, but help those that are not as strong as we might be. Let us work together. Let us build people up and not tear them down through the word of God. We all need some help, and we all have some type of issues. But many times our issues are ourselves. So let us build up and edify other people that need help. And that verse 2 said, let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification, to edify, to build up. And that verse 3 says, Even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach fell upon him. And reproaches talk about, you know, a reformation or a disgrace. So let us who are strong help those that are less fortunate. Help those in such a way. Because many times we ourselves, have made many mistakes in life. And we want somebody to build us up, but not tear us down. Let us, as the body of Christ, go to those who are less fortunate. Go to the homeless. The words say, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But let us, as a congregation, let us, if we're going to preach the gospel, we have to live the gospel. Let us. You know, in uh, the Word of God, it tells us so many times in First Corinthians, the tenth chapter, and the verse eight through ten. Nor let us that word let us again. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them that did in one day twenty three thousand fell. If you read that in Numbers, the twenty fifth chapter, and verse nine, you know, uh, the bell of pearl. For the type of people, ungodly people, God's people went and let them serve with their gods and went up among them, and God was displeased because the obedience, God killed 24,000 people. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If we do things that are contrary to the word of God, if we fight, we take the Bible tells us, if we teach them, come among them, that God said we'll be a partaker of that evil deed, Second John. So let us not commit sexual immorality. Let us walk according to God's ordinances. It tells in the verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 10, chapter, nor let us tempt Christ. Then let, let us again. We are not to tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. God is a God of love, but God also is a God of wrath. Let us be careful the places that we go. We don't want to be caught at the wrong place at the wrong time. Let us as Christians go to places where we're going to glorify God. Let us go. I'm not saying that we should. We can go to any place we want to go to because every place may not be the right place that God wants us to go. So we have to be so careful. 
In verse 10, it says, nor complain as some of them that also complain and destroyed by the destroyer. God is in the saving business. Apostle Paul said, my heart desired that all of Israel might be saved. But we know that everybody is not going to be saved. But if we can go after one precious soul, the Bible says that the angels are rejoicing in heaven. He rejoicing in heaven. Let us. In 2 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, and the verses 1. For having these promises, beloved, let us, that it let us again, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We're to walk in the spirit. The Bible teaches in Romans 8 and 8, no flesh will dwell in the presence of God. We as Christians must cleanse ourselves from all wrongdoing, must cleanse ourselves from all unrighteousness. God's words stand firm on everything that he does. He teaches us, let us be the church that's without spot or wrinkle. In Galatians, the sixth chapter, verses 9 through 10, and not let us, that it let us again, grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. God wants us to always stay in control. Verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us, the key word is let us, do good to all, especially who are the household of faith. If we're trying to teach someone about God, and they see the body of Christ can't get along with one another, why should they come be among us? Mm. We should show good unto one another. We should be appreciated mm. to one another. We should love one another. Because Jesus said, the world would know how you are to his disciples if you have love for one another. Oh, let us, I mean, it's just a simple word, but it means so much when he's telling us what we all need to do. Apostle Paul said in Philippians, the third chapter, verse four, 14 and 15, pressing toward the goal, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God that's in Christ Jesus. You got to get in Christ Jesus. Many people are outside of Christ, but you have to get in Christ. Verse 15, therefore let us, let us again, therefore let us as many as are mature, having this mind, if in anything you think otherwise, God reveal even this to you. In verse 16, it said, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. We all have to be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. First Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 10. Let us have the same mind of faith. In Philippians 2 and 5, say, let this mind be in you. It's also in Christ Jesus. I want to hear us go to let no, let us, and not blame everybody else, but let us as God's people take control of our lives and do everything that we can with all of God's strength to follow. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. God is in control of every type of situation that goes on. And I want you to know, thanks to God, that God never makes any mistakes. We all have made so many mistakes in life. But we know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly what we all ask for or do. God is in control of everything that goes on. Our life, our strength. God knew every one of us in our mother's womb. So God has known all of us for a very long time. And I say unto you, let us in every chance that we do. 
the first miracle of the Bible, John, the second chapter, uh, at the wedding. One of the most important things that Jesus' mother said, whatsoever he mm-hmm. say, do yeah. it. Do it. Let us. Mm-hmm. Let us do the will of the Father. Let us take control of our lives and what we're, what we're trying to do. And, you know, we don't want to confuse our children in any type of way, tell them to do something, and we don't even do it ourselves. We, we can't do that. We don't want to confuse them. We want to be in control of everything that we do. If you're not walking in the spirit, you're walking in the flesh. Because the Bible says that in Galatians, the fifth chapter, Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, hearsay, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelry. The like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And you know, God's word is, is so powerful. We just need to spend more time with God. You know, I get a chance to go to the Cotton Bowl in Arlington, Texas every year, and it'd be anywhere from 70,000 to 100,000 people at a football game. And they're drinking and cutting up and everything. I say, what would it be like if it was 100,000 of us worshiping God, praising Mm -hmm. him, lifting up? Let us get together and worship and praise God as often as we can. You know, do those things that are pleasing to God. In First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and the verse 6 through 8, Therefore, let us, let us again, not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Verse 7 say, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But verse 8 say, but let us, let us again, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. That breastplate is the arm of God, the righteous of God, and only the righteous shall see God. Let us, and the Bible teaches us to watch and pray that we are not in temptation, into temptation. We have to be very, very careful on how we live in this lifetime. Well, I believe through the word of God, everything is being recorded by God. Everything, whether you do good or whether you do evil. God is in control of everything that goes on. We are not in control of anything. God is doing those things that are pleasing because God has to answer to nobody. We all have to answer to God. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 11 and 12. Say, let us therefore, let's see, let us again. Therefore, be diligent. When I talk about being diligent, I'm with care, with speed, watchfulness, to enter that rest. Let anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the vision of the soul and spirit and of joints and the marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, you know, it tells the intents tells about a purpose, a target, a goal, an intention by God. God is in control, saints, of everything. 
Let us consider, you know, the word tell us in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 22, draw near, let us again, with a true heart. If you don't have a true heart, it must be a false heart. But he said, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And verse 24 said, and let us, that it let us again, consider one another in order to stir up love and good work. Many times we stir up too much foolishness. God is telling us we need to examine ourselves sometimes in life and see if we all are still in the faith. You know, there are too many things that are happening in our lives. The Bible says in James, the fourth chapter, verse 7, He that knoweth to do good and do it not is sin. Now, the Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and verse number 1. Therefore, we also, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us, that word, let us again, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Why? Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. No, God wants us to be disciplined in the things that we do. And the Bible teaches that God chastises them that he loves. No, God is in control of everything. Let us watch the things that we do. Let us live according to the word of God. And saints, I just believe today that if you learn about what we all have to do as individuals, if we check up before we all check out, God knows exactly what he's doing in our lives. If you find yourself today or tonight have not been the Christian that you ought to be, God's given you an opportunity on this 13th day of October to get it right, to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. You have heard his word today. Are you willing to believe with all your heart? Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Then you must repent of your sins. Luke 13 and 3. It says, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Say that again in the fifth verse. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Then you must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Matthew 10 and 32 says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But verse 33 says, If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. Let us, to the word of God, let us obey every scripture that God brings before us. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews 13 chapter, it says in verse number 13, 
that Lord let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reports. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, and that is the fruits of our lips given to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that will be unprofitable for you. We all have to give account to God in our lives. Mm-hmm. Why today? Why, where do you stand? Are you in that let us or are you in that let out? Are you outside of Christ or are you in Christ? I tell you, this is your opportunity right now to obey God. And Romans the fifteenth chapter and the verse thirteen and fourteen say, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. The opportunity is given to you tonight. Please obey for his everlasting delay. Let not the devil take away your joy. Let us, as we've given you the word of God, obey before it's everlasting too late. May God bless you. God keep you till we meet again. Amen. 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 Awesome word. Awesome word. I would pray that those of you that are out there that have heard this and heard that altar call at the end, that you would heed the voice and the words of, of Minister Joseph because no man knows the hour. When God is coming yes. back, you know, um, and and you know what I, I've learned over my sixty years now that you know that hour is different <laughs> for each of us. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's different for each of us. So you know, some of us go young, some of us live to be in our hundreds, but we don't yeah. know the hour. So it is no. vital. It is vital. And and as you kept alluding to the word that said, let us, you know, God is calling all of us into account, yeah. you know, to be accountable, to be accountable for, for I, I, I feel this way, um, and I've heard it say often, you know, that people don't really want to get into the word or they don't really want to um, learn of God because they don't want to be held accountable. I believe we're going to be held accountable no matter. And the reason yes. I believe that is because we all have something within us that tells us when we're wrong. Yes. You know, even even before we came to God, I, I, I know you can testify to the same thing because you out there in the world just like the rest of us. You know, you know when you were wrong. You yes. know when you were yes. doing something you didn't have any business doing. You know, and I believe that that's that that inherent nature that God put within us, you know, for that check in our spirit to know when he is calling us and and he is beckoning us and he is trying to correct us before we go down some deep, dark path that he has not called us to. So we're we're still gonna be accountable. So you know, I that I that's my belief. You know, don't don't let nobody fool you that oh well I won't be held accountable. Yes, you will because you knew right from wrong. You know, that's like a child. <laughs> you know, and I'm your father. If your child did something, you know, wrong because somebody else did it, you're looking at your child saying, "But you knew it was wrong. Why did you do it?" <laughs> yeah, you know? that's right. Who cares what somebody else was doing? You knew it was wrong. And I believe as a loving father, God is going to hold us accountable. You knew you were wrong, you know. Um, but the beauty of it, the blessing in, in what you just said, is that if we go to our loving father and we give ourselves to him and we repent, which means turn from from our yeah. wicked ways, he is forgiving 
is loving as we accept his son and, and the finished work on the cross. One thing that pastor has really been um, dealing with us on is the fact that you were not just forgiven of sin on the cross. You were given so many other things on the cross, you know. Yes, it, it's vital that, you know, we, we there was that remission of sin. He, he gave himself as appropriation for the remission of our sins on the cross, but he gave us so much more. He gave us so much yes. more. He gave us back our relationship with our Father, you know. He gave us back our dominion. He gave us back our authority in this earth realm. He gave us back so much more, you know. And and if we embrace all that he did on the cross, our life, as you said, when you got saved 36 years ago, you have never looked back since. I got saved 28 years ago. I've not looked back. I've not looked back. You know, I, I, I can't tell you I've been perfect all 28 years. I can't tell you I right, did it all right. right all 28 years. I can't tell you that I didn't have struggles or trials or tribulations over those 28 years. But I never looked back. I never looked back. And through it all, I always had that blessed assurance that we hear about that God was with me, that he would walk it out with me, you know, yeah. that he was a loving father. And though there are times that I was even chastised in what I did because I knew better, you know, he still never turned his back on me. He still loved me through it, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the grace that you're offering when you when you've given that altar call. That's the grace that you're offering people that they can come and know a loving father. I remember shortly after I got saved and I mean I was sitting in service and um pastor was teaching about, you know, reaping and sowing and so I kinda sat there, you know, and kinda thought about um all the things I had sown. <laughs> so I had this question and it was like Okay, so um, now that I'm saved, <laughs> do I still have to reap what I was told when I was out there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was dead serious about it. I mean, I kind of chuckled, but nobody really knew the depth of my question because I knew what I had done out there in the world. And um, and Pastor said something so profound to me. He said, sister, <laughs> just like that, he said, sister, when it comes your time to reap, you're going to reap that that you've sown. Yeah. But the difference is, the difference is, is that God will walk through it with you. Yeah. That's the difference. And I was like, wow, you know. And, and, and it's been true. It has been true. There are things that I did out there in the world that I had to walk through in my life with Christ. Um, but the blessing, again, was that he walked it out with me. You know, he walked it out with me. He was loving. He was compassionate. <laughs> and he did not allow me to, to go through those times alone. So it's um, it's a phenomenal thing to embrace the love of God, to embrace yeah. just the Christ, you know, to embrace the, the when I say the Christ, it, it's to embrace God's anointed one and his anointing. Sometimes people... Um, that don't know, that, that haven't been taught. They think Christ was Jesus' last name. <laughs> it was no. Right. Christ means God's anointed one and his anointing. You know, and when you embrace the Christ, when you embrace that, that, that entity that gave of himself, you know, for you, it, it changes everything in your life, changes absolutely yeah. Everything changes how you perceive yourself, changes how you perceive others, you know, um, takes you off of that high and mighty um, ladder and pedestal that we sometimes put ourselves on and makes you realize, you know, but but, but if it had not been for the grace of God, there go I. So. <coughs> well, I am... I thank you so much for your word. It was an awesome word. Thank you for the altar call. Thank you for um, giving people a chance to um, to repent. And and we just yeah. we we just pray that as you've listened to this broadcast, whether it's live or in the archives, it's, that you would you know embrace God, embrace God, you know embrace Him, embrace His love for you, and um, and just. Wherever you may be, just stop and say, you know what, Lord, I need you. 
I need you. I need you in my life. I need to be forgiven. I, I believe that you gave of yourself for me that I may have this moment to give myself, and I want to take advantage of that moment. And I promise you he will embrace you in a way that no one else on the planet can. He will embrace you. He will strengthen you. He will carry you. He will be all that you've ever imagined that he could be. He is all that and, and so much more, so much more. So, well, thank you, thank you, thank you again for this awesome word that you have given to the people. Um, And I'm just going to allow you to, you know, just share your closing thoughts, and uh, we'll call it a night. Well, you know, Jesus said, I'd just like to use the scripture. Jesus said in Luke 9, chapter, verse 23, if anyone man comes to all women, come after me, let him deny himself, pick up your cross, and follow him daily. And, you know, and then John, the 12th chapter says in verse <coughs> in verse 47, and if anyone hear my words and does not believe, I do not judge him or did not come to judge the world but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my word has that which judges him, that I have spoken will judge him in the last days. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatsoever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And that's why we stand so firm upon the word of God. The opportunity is to those that have heard tonight. May God bless you and God keep you. Amen, amen. Well, thank you again, Minister Joseph, for for sharing your life with us and sharing the word of God with us. We we give him all the glory. We give him all the glory. Well, until next Thursday, we are going to bid you a good night. We pray that you have been blessed. And as I always do, I encourage you, share the word word with your friends and your family. Invite them to listen to the archives and Allow the word to penetrate their hearts as well. God bless you. Have an incredible week. Amen. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. 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 Empire.